Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you are on this Tuesday, April 27, 2021. This is England is burning for this day, this Tuesday, this great day uh, in the in springtime. I have Emma back. This is your Manchester City weekly feature. I have Emma back from the Man City Women fan cast to talk about the most turbulent week with the, the shortest lifespan of any sports league in the history of all sports has happened in the last week uh, and get her thoughts about uh, City's match against Chelsea and get her thoughts about the uh, interesting and apropos demise of the uh, of the Super League or is it really dead? It's like one of those movies that, you know, you know that the creature still like lives out there and is in the swamp somewhere. Um, and, you know, in the form of Florentino Perez or otherwise known as the Senator Palpatine of all world football, um, he's still out there. He's still doing his thing uh, and so forth. So his galactic empire is maybe not so dead, but it's dead for right now. So we'll get Emma's thoughts on that. Emma, welcome back. Nice to see you again. How are you doing? Hi, Keith. I'm all right. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm hanging in there. It's It's been a weird seven, eight, nine, ten days, uh, but oh. we, we, I think we're getting back and it just... Uh, you know, some some level of normal uh, and so forth um, going on, and and uh, it's been it's been interesting. So let's jump, you know, let's jump into it. So when we talked last, when we spoke last, it was on Monday, and that was the that was the sort of the sort of the day, the morning after, the day after the nuclear war started in world football between the the uh, the um, crony capitalist from America. Uh, deciding amongst themselves to do a closed shop system called the Super League with Senator Palpatine Flores, Florentine Perez uh, over in Madrid. Now we are five days or so, six days, actually a week has now gone by since the, uh, the possible death of it. So uh, what are your, um, what are your thoughts about, you know, how things ended? Are you, are you pleased that we have no Super League? Are you happy with your club's response to it, uh, pulling out of it uh, as they did? What well, What's your reactions? What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot to take in, hasn't there, over the last few, well, few days, a week or so uh, from when we last spoke, really. Uh, it was very intense, a uh, few days, you know, very worrying, uh, concerning. There was obviously a lot of information coming out. Uh, but I think, thankfully, Friday, well, Thursday night, I think it was, we we kind of got the decision that obviously clubs were starting to have those conversations about, um, you know, pulling out. So, um, yeah, I was pleased in the end. Uh, I think, obviously, speaking to you, I, I, it was something I didn't want to see happen. Um, it sort of goes against everything that um, I would believe Man City would do as a club um you know they've always I spoke to you about sort of the humble beginnings and the community-based club and the fans being really important um and I think what's come out of this is that every one of the six big clubs in the UK especially if in England have, have come out and said you know we sort of obviously didn't have the the fans um voice at the heart of the decision so yeah i was i was happy in the, happy in the end i was sad to see that obviously the women's game dragged into it really um given that obviously that really posed no sort of 
threat on the women's game, obviously, in terms of the conversations that had or hadn't been had because there was no consultation there whatsoever. So they were just kind of in the pre sort of match press conferences saying that, you know, whatever decision the club make, they, you know, we trust them to make the right one. Um, So those conversations hadn't been had again, which is a bit disappointing. But yeah, just grateful now to come through it the other side and, and just hopefully just concentrate on the football and Let's just see what happens now for the rest of the season. But yeah, right decision for me. Glad it's it's come to this now. Glad we didn't have to wait weeks and months. It it was pretty much nipped in the bud pretty quickly. Um, and we can move on. Did it surprise you at all that uh, Manchester City was one of the first clubs to get out of it? No. Not at all, really. Um, I think the email came uh, during the City-Chelsea game. Uh, I think every mm. fan was emailed. Um, obviously, a, a generic email that everyone received. It wasn't personal, but hey-ho. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, which I think was the right response from the club. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, a, a, a lot of the clubs have gone about it differently obviously Liverpool mm-hmm. they they put a statement out uh, a direct sort of video statement from uh, their owner so yeah I, I I hope we can come through it I think there's going to be a lot of obviously work to be done in terms of regaining the fans trust uh, respect um, but this is football you know, mm-hmm. we're always going to mm-hmm. come across these sort of decisions that aren't necessarily in the interests of the fans. You know, it is a business at the end of the day and clubs want to make money. And I'm just sad that it's 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 took the tops, the the big six, supposedly, to sort of to look at a breakaway when there are so many other clubs that are in real financial hardship. Mm-hmm. So the... The uh, I actually got uh, I got I think I got one of those emails and and the uh, the CEO of Manchester City, uh, Ferran Serrano, uh, sent out the email of you know basically indicating what what had occurred and an essentially an apology. I know that you can't really speak for all Manchester City fans, but for yourself as is a supporter of the, the club, were you satisfied with the with the apology? Were you satisfied with that? Uh, or were you, were you left wanting more? It's hard, isn't it? Because I think you could always say that you want more in terms of action response, but what really do we want to see? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a difficult one. I, I'm glad that they kind of addressed the fans individually. Um, I think that was quite respectful um, in that respect. But, you know... Um, it's it's a hard answer, a hard question to answer that because um, I, I just think it's still so disappointing that we were there in the first place. Um, I think it's going to take some time. I, I don't think it's just going to be something that's going to be forgotten about or just swept under the rug. I think you know people will be having fans will be having conversations about this. You know we've seen you know United, Arsenal. You know they've been doing club protests. You know, this is something that has, you know, dug really, you know, gone real deep with fans. So Mm -hmm. um, I expect, you know, there might be further response. But I I think in terms of moving on, I think City may just want to just move away from this now. And the in terms of do you you feel like 
you know, because I, in speaking with other fans from some of the other super six clubs or big six clubs, they feel like some of the, the trust between them as fans with the club has been broken. Uh, there's been a betrayal here and so forth. And so it would take a lot to get the trust back. Um, do you feel the same way as far as that level of trust and, and, and with the club and what does the club need to do? Or do you even know at this point, what do they need to do in order to fix it? It's really, again, really hard to say because I think the, the biggest issue is the, the trust. You know, that, that is the core of the upset that, that, that has curtailed from this whole situation. Um, I think, um, you know, the, the club, I can speak for City in the fact that obviously they, they have a lot of, you know, fan consultations and they do speak to the fans, they do speak to the supporters club. You know, they have um, a lot of, you know, um, there's a lot of op- opportunity for consultations with fans. So I know that there will be at some point an opportunity for those fans or a representation for the fans to air their obviously views and concerns from this uh, situation as it is. So how the club go about that and respond will be sort of interesting to hear but I, I don't think that'll happen toward the end of this season now obviously with mm-hmm. COVID and one thing and another those sort of consultations haven't really been happening anyway so um, yeah I, I do think there'll be a lot more information to come out of this I do think I would like to see you know city clubs work a bit harder a bit more closely with fans and listen to fans because it is you know, it's our club as as much as it's theirs. You know, we obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of fans invest a lot of their hard earned money in this club, and you know, ticket tickets, travel, you know, a lot goes into it. So, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see uh, what you know City does in particular, as well as the other clubs, in terms of sort of regaining that trust. I think. I think it would be really a good thing to come from this is to see more of that fan consultation. Um, you know, we didn't see it with the fans. Mm-hmm. Clubs didn't even see it with their own players. So I think it's that communication element. You know, if they've got ideas, let's put it to the fans. Let's put it to a, a forum and, and see what the overall consensus is. I've been on record and you may have seen it. You may have heard it. I have been on complete record that people uh, executives and owners of the of the Super Six Big Six clubs need to be held accountable for what they did because they didn't consult with anybody. They they yeah. they did a red wedding uh, planning situation and didn't consult didn't consult their own employees, didn't consult the players, didn't consult the staff, didn't consult the coaches, didn't consult the fans. They consulted amongst themselves in a bunch of Zoom meetings uh, or or Teams meetings or whatever, uh, you know, to come up with this, you know, with essentially a coup, uh, you know, to, and. Do you? I've I've called for owners and executives to step to, to be to step down, to be to get fired, to be terminated, whatever, uh, and so forth. Do you feel the same way about you know the executives and uh, and owners of, of Manchester City, or you feel differently? I don't. Uh, not towards City. No, I feel a bit differently about it. To be honest, mm-hmm. I feel like it was just a poor decision. I don't think the information that was. Um, given was perhaps as as clear cut as perhaps they initially thought maybe i don't know but that's something that's obviously not necessarily clear again (laughs) and there's little sort of information as to regards really 
as to what got said and how these clubs got lured into this ideal idea in the first place anyway um so yeah i i think it's hard to say but i i i don't think city have gone into this with the wrong intention because you know there are clubs that are in a lot of debt that are just looking to make money um city as you know is a, a club that is a profitable club and, and you know does have the money so I, I don't think they've gone into it for personal gain I just think it is just obviously something that, that they were kind of bought into if you like but it doesn't take anything away from the decision in the first place again I, I think that goes right back down to that consultation like you said with the fans you know we have things like um you know panels city matters and all those kind of things in place to to where um these ideas and and obviously that needs to be we need to have more of that, like I said. And every year, I know that that, that Chairman uh, Khaldun Mabarak sits down, you know, every year at the end of the year uh, to do an interview with City Plus TV or, or some type of interview uh, process uh, and so forth. And I've, I've heard a lot of fans speak about that, like, you know, maybe we'll hear then a little bit more about what the reasoning, what the rationale behind all this was, because it kind of didn't seem to make sense. Um, in particularly based on the information that was provided, which there was very little of, uh, and yeah. so forth. So, I, I, one of the things I also do remember that, that I find interesting in terms of the the, the dichotomy here is that in 2008, uh, when Sheikh Mansour, you know, bought the club in the first place, you know, he sent a letter to all the fans, and you know, basically indicating that that uh, that it was it was the fans' club. It was the it was Manchester's club that that uh, there would be a, a full respect of the history of the of the club the history of the city uh that would stay true to that um and i believe i firmly believe and that that has been done for the most part over the course of uh since 2008 um you know and but this was something that was a complete misstep from that you know um yeah. that it, that's happened recently and and certainly um, I do think that that they are in a good position with the fans that I think a lot of credit had been built up through success and through uh, the, all those things that the, that the city football group has done over the years uh, that it, that I think with proper communication, proper discussion, there might come to a different place into in terms of all of this, uh, hopefully. And so forth. Is that how you feel about it, or you you feel any differently about that? No, I I I do feel um yeah I do feel that way. To be honest, like I said, I I just think at the moment it's still so very raw. You know, Mm -hmm. the fact that it's it's happened is obviously really disappointing. Like I said to you, but I think you know we can as fans of City we can move you know forward from this. Um, I just like you said it it. It's kind of just sort of. I don't like the fact that the women's game's been brought into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if the men want to go about their business that way, then let them go about it that way. But you know, like I said, there was in the pre-match, there was no sort of nobody really knew what what was going on, and it, it, it just it's just that little afterthought again for the women's game. You know, they deserve better and. Um, I think, like you said, City is a club that, like you said, have got the fans at, at the heart of it. You know, I spoke to you last week about all the community work that the clubs does uh, for City and the community. Um, you know, it, it's not 
it's not all about the money that the club makes. You know, they give so much back to the community. So, I, I again, I can't see how City have gone into this thinking, that, you know, this is for personal gain. You know, I, I genuinely just think it was a just a, a really poor decision based on lack of information or lack of clarity as to what it meant for the for the club going forward. Mm-hmm. So let's. So hopefully we we won't need to discuss this again. That this is uh, and so forth. I unfortunately I do believe that that something like it will come. I know that there's some weird ideas yeah, we're, we're about uh, and so forth, but. Um, you know, today, I think there was the announcement just kind of thinking, you know, in terms of the future, there was an announce. I, I think I saw something that I needed to read a little bit further into that, you know, UEFA came out with, the, you know, the new uh, format, uh, you know, about the Champions League, the Women's Champions League coming up. And we know that there's uh, an extra, you know, slot. And I think they're going to go into group stages. There's more teams going to be involved. But I think they also uh, really talked about other efforts that UEFA were doing in terms of the women's game in relation to that, uh, that I think were pretty, that looks pretty interesting. I, I frankly, at this at this hour, haven't really dug too much into it, but I thought yeah. that was interesting. Same really as well. I, I think with that as well, I think there's been mention of VAR being brought into the group mm-hmm. stages as well. So again, I think that's just a, a sort of... I'm not of, sure I want VAR in the group stages No, I mean, that, obviously the beauty of the women's game is that it is so I pure and not I'm tainted not sure by VAR, that. obviously. Obviously, uh, you know, we've seen that happen, you know, obviously for the women's game, the first mm-hmm. we saw of it was in France in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, and, yep. that, and we were like guinea pigs <laughs> for oh, that. It was, so, yeah, you know, it was, we've come that some was way since then. It was but painful. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was painful. we've come some way since then, but with, there were still obviously issues and consistency that we need to see with that. But um, I think it's just an, another marker of that, you know, the women's game is moving in the right direction, you know, regardless of obviously people's opinions on it, it is, you know, good for the women's game uh, because it's again, seen to be, you know, moving in the right direction and and a more professional sort of outlook um, and respect to, to the players that deserve it really um, in terms of the clubs and the, the, you know, the professionalism that we're seeing now. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to kind of looking more into it and seeing what that more and what that's about and so forth. And another thing I wanted to mention uh, was that there is a that the all of the English leagues and, and the WSL and the EPL, uh, the the championship. I mean, pretty much everybody in England in terms of anything to do with football are going to go do a essentially a, a social media blackout basically this coming weekend uh, and so forth, which I've already indicated that we will be also doing in just as support to. Uh, everyone in England, uh, you know, since we are in, involved involved pretty heavily with the with the WSL now uh, and so forth. So I, I understand also that um, Manchester City Women's Official Supporters Club or group is also participating uh, along with the, the other members, I think of the I think of it's the FSA, I think. Yeah, the FSA, yeah. Um, and so forth. I get the acronyms all mixed up. Um, but, <laughs> I struggle so with forth, that so. one, to be fair. I always get it wrong. Uh, so, yeah, I, for, <laughs> for, for once I got it right. Um, so, um, and so forth. So I, I think it's a great I think it's a great cause. I think it's a great idea um, and so forth. The, the idea, we've, we've had too many incidents 
of you know online social media racial and gender and orientation and any other possible uh, abuse and discrimination online. It's been pretty horrific. It's been pretty bad uh, and so forth. And, and there needs to be a lot of statements made and, and, and a lot more than a social media blackout. But I think, um, I think this is important uh, to put out there um, as well. So I'm glad that to be a part of it. Yeah, same. I mean, I don't. I don't think I've announced it on Twitter, but um, the podcast will be um, obviously observing the blackout as well in support. So, yeah, it, it's a. I think it's a strong message, um, but I think more needs to be done in terms of uh, policing those sort of social media accounts, and you know, to try and eradicate this from the, from football and social media in general. Uh, you know, in general, because whether it's aimed at footballers cricketers rugby players or anyone mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it you know enough is enough and that's it simple we need it you know we need to to eradicate it it's it's shocking that it's still happening and as much as i am pro business and in, in that in pro you know companies doing pretty much what you know within appropriate reason you know uh, doing whatever they want uh in terms of as long as they don't you know violate people's individual rights. And that's exactly what the issue is here. Uh, When you use a platform, uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you use that, which is owned by a company. They're all companies, they're all businesses. But if you use that platform as as to to violate someone's individual rights, uh, then everyone involved in that, including the com- the platform itself, has to be held accountable. And so this Absolutely. is just this is one of those, um, you know, uh, you know, one of those uh, situations where um, where everyone that's involved, you know, and, and these companies can do something and they should do something. Uh, and there's been a call. There's been a lot of calls for them to do something. And so far, um, they've done, I would say, minimal minimal stuff uh in relation to that there's just too much too much of the idea people can be completely anonymous uh and so forth and and hide behind the keyboard uh or their or their device to do these things um and so yeah there's a lot more that needs to be done um and so forth uh, and it just absolutely needs to be eradicated Mm. i mean this is this is not something that's just sort of happened overnight this has been going Mm. on for years and the situation Mm -hmm. has worsened over time and the fact that they're not taking accountability is shocking um, and disgraceful, in all honesty. Um, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be made so easy for people to just go and make an email address, sign up an account, and then just do what they do. Um, it, it's absolutely shocking. Um, I, you know, a, a lot of players now, well, not a lot of players, but those that are victims to abuse or racial mm-hmm. slurs, or you know are sort of bringing that to the forefront and no matter who it's from or when it happens every time it's just utterly disgraceful mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no I, mean, words. I, I hate to see it and I wish there was a way of of eradicating it I really do it I, I find it awful um and 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 like I said that it isn't just you know directly at any you know a celebrity or footballer or a professional sports person anyone you know mm-hmm. no one should be um you know targeted in in any way shape or form in in any hate, hateful slur it's it's honestly they need to do so much more yeah 
It, it, they really do. And, and I mean, because I can set up a burner account on Twitter in less than a minute. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's it, it's way too easy. Uh, it is disgraceful. It's disgusting. It's disturbing, uh, and, and so forth. I mean, I, um, you know, I saw that that Manchester United's Lauren James, you know, was yeah. again victim of racial abuse over the over the weekend. Uh, I know Alex Greenwood, a player for Manchester City, has also faced uh, online abuse herself. There've been, and I'm sure that I am definitely sure that that they're obviously not the only ones, um, you know, on either Manchester City or or Manchester United. Um, and so forth. So, and you know, minimal efforts been done by these uh, by these social media companies, and to eradicate this, and much more needs to be done. So, um, so we're going to do our blackout and make a send a message. Um, and you know, but we're going to keep we're going to need to keep pushing as well uh, beyond that. So, with that said, let's talk about the football. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's not what a football. Not that, the- it's not that I really want to talk about it, Keith. To be honest. Oh come on! <laughs> it's not Emma. It wasn't. It's not, okay, Emma. It wasn't the result you wanted, I'm sure, um, and so forth. But but unless unless y'all FAWSL fans were living under a tree or a rock <laughs> or went on vacation to Tybee Island in Georgia. Um, Manchester City and Chelsea drew on last Wednesday uh, at the Academy Stadium. Um, basically, that leaves the table as it was. Two points difference between Chelsea and City with Chelsea on top. Um, I said when I spoke with Rob uh, from the CFCW social uh, that essentially Chelsea now has one hand on the, one hand on the trophy. Uh, it's not done yet, I know. It's not done yet. They've got games left mm-hmm. to go, but taking a taking a look back, it's been been a, been a while. Emma, what was what were your what's your thoughts? What's your reaction to that match uh, on Wednesday? I'm still, I'm still yeah. so disappointed about okay. it. To be honest, I'm an, I'm one. I'm annoyed at myself because I said it was going to be one nil. I don't even know what I was thinking. I thought it's going to be anything other than what we expect because mm-hmm. how many times do these two teams have to face each other in like two twos three threes two twos <laughs> like how many times does that have to happen I, I honestly just thought you know it'd be a bit of cage bit bit cagey you know um you know with so much to play for you know it may be that Chelsea might give us a little, little bit of respect <laughs> being at home um oh. I, I I still look at it as though we should have got some out of that game. We should have been able to go and, and win it. Um, I'm disappointed with the opportunities that we had that we didn't take, um, which I think reflects on our story, of, of mm-hmm. this story this season for City, really. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having, I still can't get that. Uh, Lucy Brown's header sort of out of my mind mm. at the moment. Uh, you mm. know, so close towards the end, we were really searching for that for that third goal to to take the three points. And you know, I can't knock the effort because it was you know the effort was there. Um, just just the finish, just the finish, just just that last little bit that we needed that we just couldn't find again. And and really that it, it was. Uh, you know, that really has been the story of the season for both Chelsea and, and Manchester City in which, you know, and, and that's where the difference has been, you know, for both both clubs 
all season, really, where where Chelsea has been able to to convert those goal opportunities and convert their chances, create chances, create create solid chances, and then convert them. Um, you know, fairly routinely when they convert them, it's almost like a domino effect, uh, you know, in some of their matches. And then while on the other hand, City is absolutely relentless on offense and relentless on defense. But when it comes down to the final end of converting that that well-earned goal creation opportunity, it's it's not it's not finished as well and as uh, cleanly uh, as it needed to be. Um, you know, in the end, and and that played itself out in this match um, first. Now, you know, now I want to. The first thing I want to talk about before I get into into some of the events that happened is, you know, is a lineup because one of the things that we talked about in the preview before the match was, you know, whether or not uh, Demi Stokes was going to start over SMA Morgan, you know, uh, because Steph Houghton was probably not going to be in the match and she indeed was not and was not expected to be, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, at least we didn't expect her to be um, and so forth. So what did you think of the lineup going in in terms of how it was set up? Demi, you know, starting, um, starting in her position uh, and so forth as, you know, as the lineups were announced. Yeah. I think if you were, to have probably asked me who my starting eleven would have been, uh, bar obviously Horton not being available, had she been, um, that would have been probably been my squad. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, I was quite happy with how we lined up. I, I think we, you know, I think we negotiated the game pretty well. Um, I think you know there are element elements of our game that we managed to get in. I'm just more, I'm more frustrated with the the missed opportunities in the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, the corners we had, the crosses that we managed to get in and, and just not making them count, not making them count. Cause obviously both our goals really came from sort of errors really that we're able to capitalize on from, from Chelsea, you know, not looking that strong on the back. So yeah, I, I think, I think it was frustrating because again, if, if we were sort of, if we had that clinical sort of edge, I think we could have won it like four two or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take anything away from Chelsea because they were fantastic, you know. And and you know, it was a, a really good game in terms of you know two really good strong teams going at it. Um, you know, Chelsea deserved you know to get something out of the game, and you know, potentially, obviously, they've shown their class this season, and and will most likely go on. And, and win the league this season, I'm sure. But for me, I'm frustrated because mm-hmm. at the moment, I feel like we're a second-rate team. And and that's frustrating me because I feel like every season, I kind of feel like we're better than that. And uh, with the players that we've got in the squad this season as well, I, I just kind of feel that, you know, we wanted success at the start of the season. And, and I, I believe that we could could have done that, even under new management, you know, but I just think there's a maybe one or two areas that we need to really strengthen, and and especially up front, we need to get like a proven striker in. You know, not taking anything away from Ellen, but I just <clears throat> we just need that that second striker. We really do. I think we've missed Pauline Bremer. Obviously, she went left us last season, went on to Wolfsburg, and she was an incredible player for us last season. So I think she was a big loss and and one that we've not really sort of found a replacement for. Um, 
course, we, we you know we've got really good attacking players. You know we've got that triple threat. If you obviously count Ellen in that, and obviously Hemp and Chloe, who were you know in this game instrumental um, in in City's attack. So yeah, we just need to find another another striker. I think just to strengthen that firing power up front. I can definitely feel your frustration and disappointment. I am so frustrated. I, like I can't I, you know. stop. I can't stop thinking about it, Keith. Like mm-hmm. honestly, I, I've, I've, you know, Chelsea are a really good team, but we can't keep. We've got to find the edge. We've got to find that something to take us to the next level. And with you know, come on, we've got Lucy Bronze, Sam Mewis, you know, quality players, Caroline Weir, you know, fantastic, Kira Walsh, they're all fantastic players that contribute so much to this team. And we're a winning team with a winning mentality. Like that has come through this season in the performances, you know, where we've been able to go and get some out of games. But, you know, I believe that we, you know, in that game, watching that game, that we should have got something out of that game because I don't think Chelsea were particularly that good. They were good when they needed to be, don't get me wrong. But we were the better side. I still believe we were better the better side. I don't know if I've watched it through beer goggles or whatever, but I still believe we were the better side. So I am frustrated. And, you know, Gareth said again, you know, it is what it is. We have to affect that. We, we've got to do something about that because that's not good. That's not a good response for me. Like, we should be saying no. It it isn't it it is not what it is. It, we can affect that game and we can get something out of it and we need to start showing that. So what you know, so what do you think is missing? I mean, now you mentioned getting a second striker. So so yes, I, I would agree with that. Someone who's a solid finisher, because I mean you've got, you know, on Chelsea's side, you've got, you know, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby you know, uh, you know, as your as the top two goal scorers on that side and so forth. But I mean, you're talking about a second striker, talk about I mean, what is it do you think is it to take them? Is it a mentality issue? Is it just what do you think it is? I don't actually know. <laughs> That's the problem. I don't actually know what the the problem is. I don't think it is a mentality thing because they looked like they wanted, they were playing for the win. You know, they didn't get disheartened. Obviously, we went behind, we come back in the game. The response Mm -hmm. was fantastic. Definitely don't think it's mentality. I just genuinely think it's quality in terms of that finish. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like, obviously, we need to be be looking at. a proven striker here, someone with experience, someone that's got something behind them. And I and I don't necessarily think that we need to be looking at youth here. I think genuinely we need to pay top dollar and get somebody experienced mm-hmm. in. Because I think that's what gonna what it's gonna take. We're gonna have to look at one of our you know our oppositions that you know we we're competing with at the top level and say, right, no now's the time. We need to spend a bit of money. Let's get someone in. And let's 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 finish it off. Let's run the, the depth off here, and and get the, that quality in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a counter argument with you, um, mm. you know, and so forth because I think I think I think Chelsea is because I mean Chelsea didn't get to the semifinals of the Champions League without being essentially a great squad. I think 
I mean, you mentioned that they didn't, they weren't all that good. I think one of the things that made them look not all that good was the play that City played with them. I mean, and, and I'm losing my words here, but but I think you know, I think City caused Chelsea not to play that well. I think City's pressure, their tactics, their defense. All of those things, I think, cause Chelsea problems. I mean, you saw those those mistakes that 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 um, you know Millie Bright made in the back and Fran Kirby made in the back. Those were all because of relentless pressure yeah. that City provided. City created those mistakes. They created the you know they pushed it so that the other team. That's part of the tactic is to make them not to not be so technical, not be so good. And I think in that sense they succeeded. You know where you know it, you know it, they they match they match them and and over and in some ways overcame Chelsea. You know from a stat standpoint, you see how if you looked at the stats, and I'm sure you probably have, but if you look at the stats, I mean City played out their tactic, they played their game. 63% possession, 81% passing accuracy, 600 some odd you know passes, you know seven shots on target. I mean, all of those, you know, all of those things that that they were statistically an advantage of. But at the end of the day, you know, Lucy Bronze doesn't get that header at the end to make it three to two, you know, Uh, and it was that close, you know. Uh, And and you you know know what, like people are giving like people are giving Alex Greenwood stick for obviously (laughs) letting the the ball beat her and find the back of the net. But Uh look at what she did. Right up until that point, she cleared <laughs> the ball off the line. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. put a, an incredible tackle in, perfectly timed tackling on Kerr in the box. Um, and she was one of the best players out there for me. Um, you know, bronze again, I think she elevated the squad. She, you know, she was getting up front, she was well involved with the attack and and, and powering forward, and she was dead. Pro- progressive but we spoke about that again this season mm-hmm. you know how vital she's been in the part that she's played you know I, there isn't one player that didn't really stand out for me but again you know it's just it's just that finish and it, it and week in week out it's the same same thing bloody mm-hmm. story <laughs> right. it's getting on my right. It, it, right and yeah and, and yes i mean it's something that emma you and i have been talking about since we started is you know, at the end of the day, you know, even in the even in the in the matches that ended up being three, four, five nil, there were still missed opportunities and clear chances that were just not inverted. Um, you know, and and I, my philosophy when I look at numbers and I look at and look at how teams play, it's you know, can you keep the ball? Can you generate goal scoring opportunities? And can you finish them? And the first two questions for City definitely is yes. You know, we got 60 some odd percent possession, sometimes even more. Uh, yes, there are a lot of goal scoring opportunities. The third question is maybe, you know, uh, and not always and, and not when. Uh, and certainly, unfortunately, I guess I'm really and that's where I imagine your disappointment comes a lot from is it's not happening in the key moments when it needs to. You know, and that ends up being the difference on whether or not your hand is on the trophy or it's not, is at the end of the day, you got to get goals. Yeah. And I think having, you know, not being in this position for the first time this season, you know, obviously last season, 
was a disappointment because obviously it was rewarded to Chelsea and the position that we were in, it was a disappointment. So, like I said, it feels like we've almost waited a long time to get here. And this was our opportunity to kind of just go out there and just show what we can do. And, and though I'm, though I'm really proud of the effort and the application, like I said, you know, we played our game and I think that reflected in the performance, but it's just, again, like, missed opportunities and that's what it comes down to and the fact that we've spoke about it so many times this season and it's like we've not really taken anything away from it um and it's just a it's just a little bit disappointing it's a little bit disappointing I kind of feel now that we're on a projective and you know we've got Gareth Taylor's got a long summer ahead in terms of, you know, what he's going to do, what is he going to look at the squad and and, and what areas is he going to, you know, um, bring players in. You know, I imagine we're going to see Cummins and go in. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've obviously already seen that with Gemma Bonner, mm-hmm. uh, which is disappointing for me as well, given that, you know, she's not done anything wrong. Um She's just unfortunately lost her place in the squad and wants to play. And, you know, we've seen that, like I said, with, you know, Karen Barsley, Jill Scott. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting summer, I think. And I, I'm a bit apprehensive about it because there are so mm-hmm. many good players that have offered so much longevity and have been really committed to the club. And, you know, it's football, isn't it? But, yeah, it's still going to, I think it's going to be a bit bittersweet, to be honest. I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure it's always, um, you know, it is always very difficult and, and a lot of very difficult decisions are, are left to be made. And it's going to be, um, you know, and, and, you know, Gareth has got an opportunity to reshape, if, if need be, reshape the squad. But that's not going to come without some eggs being cracked at the same time. So um, and so forth. But still have some games to go um, yes, and so forth. And it's not totally over, you know, as far no. as the title chase is concerned. So next Sunday, come on, Reading. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Reading. Yes. Everyone let's, let's go for Reading. Um, and so forth. I, you know, I, uh, when I, I keep talking with Arsenal and Manchester United and, and I keep mentioning Everton, um, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, you just hold on. <laughs> um, you still got games to play and the same thing here. So, um, you know, so there's there might be some nervousness there, but City's got to do their part. City's got to got to play Birmingham City. Um, your thoughts about Birmingham going into that match? Yeah, uh, Birmingham are in a, a bit of a situation, aren't they? At the moment, they're just mm-hmm. sort of outside that sort of relegation battle, I suppose, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll be looking to cause a bit of an upset, uh, I'm sure. Um, but sort of. Birmingham is, you know, a team that, you know, we've done well against in the past. Um, Obviously, Carla's had more time with the squad and, you know, she's obviously making waves really at that club since she's come in. She's had an unbelievable season. You know, she's she's done what they've set out to do. The mentality's changed at the club. They're playing more positively. Um, So I I expect a really tough game, to be honest, uh, against Birmingham. And... um, yeah, I, I believe we can go there and get the three points for sure, but I don't think it's going to be without um, a bit of a fight from Birmingham. I mean, in Birmingham, there is one of those situations, um, you know, that, you know, is difficult in the sense of when you look at their numbers, they're pretty, they're, they're not very good. 
uh, or they're one of the weakest in the they're one of the weakest, if not the weakest in the league in terms of creating goal scoring opportunities. They're one of the weakest in the league in converting those goal, goal scoring opportunities. They're one of the weakest in the league in terms of um, you know keeping those um, their opponents from creating opportunities and converting them. And they're in a relegation fight, but. I think that's where the sticking point is. They're in a relegation fight Uh, and, you know, and and they've got a solid manager. Uh, And, you know, and so I think it's a city, a city, a team like city needs to be careful playing against anyone needs. If you're playing against a relegation side um, who's fighting against relegation, you have to be really careful and and make sure that you got all everything in order uh, going into that match um, and so forth. I mean, it should be on paper. It should be an easy city win, but I'm not sure it's going to be that easy. No, I don't either, but you know, we're, we're playing at home as well. Obviously that, you know, we've got a really good, strong, uh, record at home in the WSL so hopefully we can maintain that um, I think it'll be our last yeah it will be our last home game in the WSL I think we've got uh, we'll be playing West Ham I think in mm-hmm. the, the FA Cup that's yeah so yeah we've we, it's our last WSL game at home so hopefully we can you know do do what we need to and, and get the three points yeah and you know if, you, if City wins out they win, they get their points, you know, the two, the two matches in the WSL coming up, um, you know, then, you know, at least they put themselves in position that if, you know, Chelsea were to slip, um, then, you know, it's, it could be any, any team's uh, trophy to gain uh, and so forth. And, you know, they you know, city is defending their, um, you know, their FA cup as well, um, you know, coming up, I think it's at the end of the season on the, um, I think the week after West Ham, I believe, but um, we'll talk about that when it gets here. So mm-hmm. Emma, I, I, I feel, I, I love talking with you because I, I, I feel the emotion that you got for whatever it is, the oh, passion you have, it. sweet. you know, <laughs> you know, and yeah. And, and so it's been a disappointing and it's been a tough week uh, in terms of your football club um, and so forth. So hopefully they'll give you a little bit more joy coming up this Sunday um, and so forth. I hope that you can get the taste out of your mouth, <laughs> the bad taste out of your mouth yeah. from Chelsea um, <laughs> and so forth. So, um, so thank you, Emma, for being here again. We'll speak with you um, uh, hopefully under better t- circumstances next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. No, it's been great chatting, Keith. Thanks for having me. All right. And everyone, we got to close this. I got to close this shop out really fast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Smash a like on the video. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We're on all the podcast platforms because if you don't want to see me because I'm old as dirt, uh, everyone else is with me is beautiful, but I'm, you know, I'm old. So if you don't want to see me, you can listen to us on a podcast if you want to listen. But hey, I love it that y'all watch. Uh, Smash a like, share the videos, share the podcast. Uh, word of mouth is what got this podcast video cast growing and off the ground and doing all sorts of wonderful things uh, and so forth, if I say so myself. So remember, the light is out there. Please acknowledge it. Please know that it's there, but also acknowledge the darkness is out there. And we've unfortunately talked about a lot of darkness in, the, in this first part of the show uh, and so forth. We got to acknowledge it's there, but do not let it affect you. Don't let it hug you in under any circumstances. And if it does by any chance, please get the assistance you need. Support yourself. Help yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. 
and England is Burning is going to close out for today on Thursday. Yes, Thursday, we will have Josh from the Islington Gazette back on uh, to talk about Arsenal because we got they got two games to deal with uh, in their uh, challenge to maintain that third stop. So goodbye, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we are going to out.